2: Hey Zabe here from my bookie, the official sports book of the Zabe Cast. Real payouts, real customer service, absolutely rock solid place to get your sweet action on when it comes to sports. What a glorious time we're in right now! NFL is going, college football is going, about to add in the Big Ten and the Pac twelve. Baseball playoffs are here every single night. There is no shortage of games to watch or bet on, and you need to get on with my bookie. Whatever it is you like to bet. Lay low and then, wham, hit them with a big right hook of a bet. Or maybe just dabble or have a little bit here, a little bit there. Do it from your phone. It's so convenient. Play some parlays, underdog parlays. Make meaningless games meaningful for you by putting a little something, something on it. And go to mybookie.com to do it. When you sign up, use the promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start in your winning season. Read the rules and regulations so you understand how the bonus payout works, and you're on your way. Promo code ZABE to claim that bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, the Masters coming up, presidential prop bets. Oh, it is sweet action all over the place. MyBookie.com, the official and reputable and rock solid sports book of this, the ZABEcast. Today on the Zabe cast, everybody says they like a good mystery. Well come Tuesday night. We're going to have one. A few thoughts ahead of what could be an insane election. The Packers let Dalvin Cook spank that ass, and they've only got three days to fix it now. Steelers are the last of the unbeatens, plus Clemson escapes. All that, plus who doesn't want to talk acid reflux and coronavirus. Your high test, not street legal. 30-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up, man. Let's go. Oh, ho, ho, ho. here we go. Monday, November 2nd, 2020. Thank you for downloading. You are looking live at the very echoey hotel room of yours truly in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am up here visiting my glorious side piece known as 97.3. The game. Hey, wait a minute. Were your side piece? They're saying? I thought 980 was your side piece. I thought you said you were going to leave your wife. You said you would. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. You know the deal. I told you the deal right away. I said, I can do mornings for you guys. I'll come up here as often as I can. But for now, I'm still employed by 980. But in this business, as recent days have shown, boy, oh, boy, things can change in a hurry. Anyway, I consider both jobs equal I, I consider I love doing both of them. I love doing this podcast as well. Does it not sound like I'm pouring my heart into all three spoken word ventures every day? I hope it does. My voice is a bit better today. I have rested it a bit over the weekend. I think I'm onto something. By the way, by with the help of a listener, and I'll get to that later on. In the podcast, and then we'll talk football today. It's just going to be me for a quick thirty minutes, and I'm going to keep it nice and tight this week because I want to manage my minutes and manage my innings here. But, um, yeah. But uh, football today, I watched the Packer game at Jackson's Pub and Grill. Jackson's, Jackson Pub and Jet. Uh, Jet what? God damn! What is the name of the place? Uh, it's Jackson's. It's uh, <clears throat> they're a pabst place. And there's a bunch of different ones around. Uh, Big Mike O'Neill knows who they are. Now I've got to go back into ways here uh, and get this specifically. I played pull tabs today for the first time ever. Yeah, uh, right. Jackson's Blue Ribbon Pub. There it is in in Tosa, as they say, or Wawa Tosa, Wisconsin. And uh, had some wings. They were glorious. Had a big pretzel. I know that's bad for me. It was glorious. Watch the Packers lose. That was not glorious. More on that in just a second. Anyway, I played pull tabs for the first time. I saw this big pile of what looked like weird lottery tickets in front of Mikey. I go, what the hell's that? Because I wasn't paying attention. He goes, pull tabs. You never played them? I was like, no. And apparently at the bars and pubs up here, you can get out of the little vending machine, $1.00 per set of five pull tabs, it's just gambling. It's all it is. If, you know, there's a $250 prize, that's the top prize, $100 prize, a $50 prize, a 10, a 5, and a 1, I think. I won three 1s and a 2 out of $20. So you tell me if that smells like hashtag winning. (laughs) And it's so dumb because they've got all these little icons. It's like, it's like three little images and almost like a slot machine. Three in a row, winner. But they don't even make you know that you're looking at three in a row. It says win right across the three in a row. And like, <clears throat> and so I'm like, well, why even have the uh, – I said my voice sounded better. I lied. I, I said, why even have the three little icons if it's just going to say win? Just have empty pull tabs. And if you win, say, here's five bucks. Here's one dollar. Here's nothing. Here's nothing. Here's nothing. So I start pulling them off one at a time. And they're like, you, rookie, come on. Here, just grab the whole edge of the thing. Bend it. And then you rip them all up. Loser. Put it aside. Rip it. all." I guess the only strategy of the game is that in the dispenser, there's four different columns. Of the cards in stacks, and you can choose which columns you want to pick from. Ooh, two from the left, one from the middle, two from the right. I'm sure if you go to a bar enough times and you're drunk enough and you've got like a superstition, like one time I did two, one, two, two, one, one, two, one, two for 20 bucks and I won 250 bucks. I swear it works every time. That's my pattern. Whatever. I won five bucks and lost 15. So, uh, lo- no, I won, won 5, lost 20. That's losing 15. Losing. All right. Eve of election eve. Buckle up. And I'd like to say, sit tight, this will all be over soon, but I think we're all dreading and girding for that to not be the case, that it won't be over come Wednesday morning, that it'll be just beginning that this will be like Gore v. Bush on steroids with multiple state knockdown, down drag-out legal challenges that go on for weeks and months. I do remember vividly how nerve-wracking the 2000 election was when the country was far less polarized and insane. And that thing took forever. And, I mean, it was... I I know this, I cared too much about the election back then for it to be healthy. And this was before social media and constant refreshing. Yes, we had the internet in 2000, but, you know, with social media and being on your phones too, you know, phones in 2000, you couldn't check every bit of news on Bush v. Gore all the time and get all pissed off like, "I I can't believe Palm Beach County is throwing out these ballots. Now we can do that. Imagine if this is just a train wreck of a three-state contested nightmare. God help us. God help the republic. So we're all dreading Tuesday night possibly dragging into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't know who's wishing for it to be a long, drawn-out thing other than, say, the uh, networks. I'm sure they're excited for that because it gives them programming. But I don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday night. I just don't know. I don't think anyone else truly knows either. The landscape of politics that is usually well covered has been turned upside down and inside out over the last couple of years and 10 to 20 years. Polling, which has always been very inaccurate because you have to convince somebody to pick up the phone and tell you who they plan to vote for. And then they have to go ahead and vote for that person they said they would vote for and not change their mind. And they have to, you know, remember to actually vote on the day of voting. And you try to catch the right mix of people that you think represents the likely voters, but you don't know. And they've never known. So this is also not merely a landline problem where they said, well, now in the age of cell phones, there's fewer landlines, and nobody ever answers their cell phones. This is not merely the so-called shy Trump voter phenomenon that some ascribed to the 2016 upset in which the polls didn't see it coming because they thought there must have been a lot of people that were going to vote for Trump didn't want to tell a pollster because they felt kind of shy or embarrassed. Now it's literally trying to guess what blocks will actually vote this time. Will young people come out at this intensity or not? How do we gauge that? What about old people? Well, old people always vote, right? But will they do it like they did last time? Also, early voting has done – early voting and mail voting has also shuffled the deck incredibly. You can't just say, well, look at the early voting. It's favoring this party or that party in this state. They may just be robbing what their normal election day turnout is by early voting. Are Republicans who are doing well in some states with early voting, are they just stealing from themselves on election day? We don't know, and we'll – We won't know until, I guess, it's all done on Tuesday or Wednesday night or longer. Let's hope not. Now, I would say this. If an alien were to just sit down to dinner and could somehow understand English and got a basic lay of the land as to, okay, how's the country going? A pure alien that knew nothing about the personalities involved. And if you laid out the simple metrics of the choice and you would say, well, this sitting president has run the country Pretty well, despite being hounded by investigations, which are, let's be honest, my six liberal listeners left, outright hoaxes, if not massive scandals, if not flat out crimes, okay? He's run the country well. The economy was not just humming before the pandemic, but roaring. Now with what's going on in Europe and elsewhere, you can't even say, everyone else handled it better. Trump's an idiot. He fucked this pandemic up. Oh, yeah? What about every other country that's, quote, fucked it up by what they're doing? There were no new wars, and the claims that he would be some kind of dictator have turned out to be the exact opposite. In fact, he refused to claim any kind of national power during the pandemic. He let the governors do their own thing, including some governors who are doing some insane things. New York just said, to go to New York, you have to have a Negative test, and you got to quarantine for 24 hours. (laughs) Mandatory, just to visit New York. There's an exemption, though, of course, for people in New Jersey because, well, they live there and they commute into New York City. You don't think there's going to be people doing end runs around that if they absolutely positively have to go to New York? Of course they are. Michigan is going to now require bars to take down the name and number of everyone who comes in so they can be contact traced in case of a COVID outbreak, which is only going to get people saying, yes, I am Haywood Jablomi, and my number is 555-1212. Anyway, Trump has not been a dictator. He has been hands-off during the pandemic to the states who rightly have the power. This sitting president also shows remarkable stamina right now, going to multiple rallies per day, drawing some staggering crowds. Which, by the way, I have to say, we don't know if the crowds mean anything or not. It's impossible to know. It could be that these crowds are merely a product of the, say, 48% of hardcore Trump supporters, which would be a losing hand most likely on election night, coming out in force. It's possible that a small core of the 48% of the country that did vote and will vote and want to vote for Trump are doing nothing but getting their truck out for an air dry and to fly some flags. Or it could be exactly what it looks like, which is holy shit. The crowds are massive. The other guy, meanwhile, is clearly in the throes of mental decline. Again, you can't deny that. And he has spent three quarters of the campaign hiding in his basement. His speeches have been shouty, incoherent, dark-toned, and not very upbeat, and attended by virtually nobody. So the average alien plopped down on your, at your kitchen table for dinner would say, why is this even in down here? Because he doesn't know the atmospherics. He doesn't know the characterization of the president. He doesn't know the overall zeitgeist in the country right or wrong. So pollsters are either going to look pretty smart if they called it, or they're going to look really, really stupid. They have said Biden is leading in the average of polls. That's hard to comprehend. Although it does make sense, I guess, in a, to a certain degree. It makes sense that the polls, if they were also, let's just say, not aligned with, I don't know if the polls that are being cited are actual Democrat polls or Democratic pollsters. Each party has their own internals. But it's quite reasonable to assume many of them have a leftward lean. So it would make sense to say if you feel like you're going to lose, you want to make sure the polls say that, oh, no, our guy's winning. So that if it is a tight election, you can then fall back on, we was robbed, this was stolen, and then continue hounding hounding Trump all the way to 2024. But say, wouldn't pollsters fear going out of business if they're wrong, and loud wrong? I doubt it. I think they're like the weathermen, or sports guys. Oh yeah, how about uh, my Rams? Lock of the year. (sighs) Loser, I did go two and one though. Two and one on my three picks. Does does that count for anything? Okay, the lock of the year, lock of the week is now seven and one. Couldn't make it undefeated. Pound to lose one or maybe two before the season was out. So yeah, are the pollsters worried about going out of business? And I say I sincerely doubt it. I would assume they just send their resumes elsewhere, or they open up a new shop. Called Strategies Twenty Twenty Four. They're like, hey, whatever happened to uh, Vision Twenty Twenty? That was the polling. Out- I d- I don't know. I've never heard of them. But seems like there's a few people that work for that. Who am I talking to? Oh, Strategies Twenty Twenty Four. And the pollsters will sell the parties whatever they want to hear going into the next election cycle. I'm not sure about this. I think I heard the last time a Republican was leading in the polls in the final week of the general election, it was with when, when Reagan, after his first term, had the country going gangbusters, and he mopped the floor with Mondale, nearly a clean sweep. That was the last time. If that's true, and I didn't check it, it sounds about right, though. If that's true, it means the pollsters missed on Bush 41, Bush 43, Bush 43 again, and then Trump in 2016. And it's weird because all their misses then are in kind of one direction. Hmm. But I said, like I said, the, the rallies don't necessarily mean anything. It could just be the core of the voters getting the truck out for a spin and flying some flags and honking some horns. We don't know and we won't know until Tuesday night into Wednesday into perhaps later. I just had to think, if you hated Trump, And you wanted him out for reasons that go beyond just the actual governance. And if Biden ends up proving to be just a bit too sleepy, a bit too gone, a bit too corrupt, a bit too much of, well, yesterday's idea, like, you know, 47 years ago, yesterday's idea. Then, man, you got to kick yourself if Biden doesn't win. If you're thinking, God, there was a there was 45 percent of the country that just wanted him out. All we needed was 5% to vote for somebody they thought was competent to do the job. I mean, hell, an Andrew Yang, I would think a Tulsi Gabbard, even a Pete Buttigieg might have done the trick. Or maybe the Dems, if they lose, could have said, well, we should have gone the full socialist Monty with Bernie and see if it somehow got home on Election Day. But hey, if they win, oh, they're golden. They got Joe for as long as he cares to do the job. They'll slide Kamala in on the, uh, you know, Section 25, Article 25 of Mental Competence Clause. And if they've got control of the House and Senate, it's buckle up. One last thing, and I hope you appreciate this fairly nonpartisan analysis of the election, or you hated it and you skipped right past it, and that's fine. This is the only election-related content I've had on this podcast for months and I may have a little shot afterwards. Maybe not. We'll see. One more thing though, nonpartisan, all these boarded up store windows in major cities, DC, New York, Philadelphia, Detroit, Boston, elsewhere. That is profoundly sad to me. And I'm not the only one. Wolf Blitzer tweeted about it. CNN zone. Wolf Blitzer tweeted saying, man, All these elections I've covered, I've never seen this. The fact that this story isn't the number one thing on network news, the fact that both parties aren't vociferously shouting this down and saying this is unacceptable is the biggest disappointment of the many disappointments. I mean, this is some banana banana republic shit we're talking about here. This is not what America should be. But here we are. And we... We'll see who wins. If any of those boarded up windows get smashed.
0: At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022.
1: You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an
2: episode. anyway. Afterwards, depending on who wins, who wins, then we'll, I guess, know our answer. Hey, Zabe here from my bookie, the official sports book of the Zabe Cast. Real payouts, real customer service, absolutely rock solid place to get your sweet action on when it comes to sports. What a glorious time we're in right now! NFL is going. College football's going, about to add in the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Baseball playoffs are here every single night. There is no shortage of games to watch or bet on, and you need to get on with my bookie. Whatever it is you like to bet, lay low and then wham! Hit them with a big right hook of a bet, or maybe just dabble or have a little bit here, a little bit there. Do it from your phone. It's so convenient. Play some parlays, underdog parlays. Make meaningless games meaningful for you, by putting a little something something on it. And go to mybookie.com to do it. When you sign up, use the promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start in your winning season. Read the rules and regulations so you understand how the bonus payout works and you're on your way. Promo code ZABE to claim that bonus when you make your deposit stacked UFC cards. The Masters coming up. Presidential prop bets. Oh, it is sweet action all over the place. mybookie.com, the official and reputable and rock solid sports book of this, the Zabecast. All right, let's talk some sports, shall we? Oh, my voice sounds so good. Dalvin Cook beats the Packers single-handedly at an empty and windy Lambeau Field. You had one job, Green Bay. You had one job. Mike Pettin, stop 33, and they could not do it. Four touchdowns, and they played the kind of wrap-you-up-in-a-straight-jacket game that Mike Zimmer is really good at doing. This has now sent Packer fans into a cold flop sweat because San Francisco, the team that ran them out of the building last year, on the doorstep of the Super Bowl, gets another crack at doing it in three days, and it doesn't look like this Mike Pettin defense is any better at stopping the run. How? Why? I don't know. I'm not smart enough on the couch to break down their scheme and say, here's why they can't stop the run. Here's what they should be doing instead. They seem to have good personnel. They've got a lot of high draft picks on that defensive side of the ball. But in terms of run stopping... It ain't happening. And the Vikings came in at 1-5 and and just stuffed the Packers. Down 7 nothing, down 14-7. They rattled off 21 straight, and that was that. And it got close at the end, but then it really wasn't quite close. After the game, Aaron Rodgers was asked about another wide receiver or something else at the trade deadline, which is coming up quick. Rodgers smirked and said, quote, that's not a bad question, but it's not one I can answer. I'm not going to stump for a guy because the last time I did, he ended up in Buffalo. He's referring to Jake Kummerow uh, as the guy he stumped for. Some would say, ah, oh, typical Aaron, passive aggressive. So the fans are begging for a defense, just any kind of nasty ass defense, just for once in their life. And it just isn't there. Uh, Rodgers also said we didn't handle the elements as well, cold and windy. He said maybe because we had fans the last two weeks, even though they were both on the road in Tampa Bay, bad loss in Texas, uh, or in Houston against the Texans, a big and good and easy win. Maybe they feel like playing in the totally antiseptic, totally sterile, no fans in Green Bay situation is hurting them. I don't think it helps. LaFleur said, we have what we have, and it is what it is. <laughs> I love it when coaches say that. What else are they going to say? I mean, in a way, that's the perfect answer. We, we have what we have. It is what it is. He couldn't just say, God damn it, I am so pissed at, at Petten. I'm going to seriously threaten to fire his ass tomorrow. Can't say that, even if it's true. He's got to take the blame as the head coach. We have what we have. It is what it is. We'll have to figure it out. We'll start figuring. He also said Mike Zimmer is really, really good at scheming up on defense. The The Vikings, except for – I mean, they had four rookie – corners or four newcomer corners I mean they were down their top four corners against a passing attack with Rodgers that looked like it was going to be pitch and catch again they gave up two easy walk-in touchdowns just a flip and a catch to Devontae Adams who had a big day his best catch was his third touchdown catch but the first two were a joke it's like you didn't want to cover that okay great Zimmer's ability to cover that was amazing. The personnel that they were missing on defense did a hell of a job. Kind of like, how does he get a smoking hot Russian Instagram girlfriend who's 20 years his junior? Oh, what's that you say? Checks appeal? Money? Okay. I think there's more to it than that. I think Zimmer has game when it comes to the ladies, and I think he is elite when it comes to scheming up things on defense. I'm trying to get a feel for what's the heartbeat of this Packer team. What makes them tick? What do they vibrate to? And some will say, well, look, look at the way 12 acts after a loss. It's that passive-aggressive smirk and a, and a sort of a wry reference to, well, you know, don't want to talk to me. I'm the guy that can throw the ball anywhere I want. I'm not the problem. He'll say the right things at times, but do you feel like? He brings that energy. I don't know. Do you want a rah rah guy at quarterback? Do you need a rah rah guy? Is it any different than Brady? I don't know. I'm I'm grasping here. It's almost like they've got a lot of nice players who are good players on that defense and on that team. They need a couple of you know motorcycle gang guys. A couple of as Doc Walker once said, penitentiary penitent. Easy for me to say, penitentiary guys. Not the hardest thing I'm going to try to pronounce on today's podcast. Stay tuned for the one that's even harder than that. Steelers beat the Ravens, and my God, the standard is the standard. I look at Pittsburgh and I say, now that's a nasty team. That's a team with grit. That's a team with guile. That's a team that can fall down in a game and come clawing its way back any way possible. And they did it against their blood rival, the Ravens. The standard is the standard, as Mike Tomlin said, who became the winningest minority coach in NFL history or football, not football history, because Eddie Gramling has it like a trillion wins. But in NFL history, and Jason Whitlock tweeted, this is ridiculous. We don't say so-and-so became the winningest white coach. I agree with Whitlock. We shouldn't be making separate but equal. Tomlin is a goddamn good coach, who gives a goddamn great press conference (laughs) with his quick, succinct, and sometimes head-scratching sound bites. Lamar Jackson is not having a follow-up MVP year now, is he? Four turnovers in the game, two fumbles, two picks, and now the teams are scheming to make him beat you with his arm? He's struggling just a bit. I'm not writing him off. I'm not saying, oh, here comes the inevitable collapse. I am not going to compare him to RG3. He is not a good comp to RG3 in any way, shape, or form. But he's having a tough year. And how about poor Ronnie Staley? Uh, Ronnie Stanley. Excuse me. say Ronnie Staley? Ronnie Stanley. Did I get this right, by the way? Ronnie Stanley. There was a Ronnie Staley that played in the league. Hold on. Let me look him up. Now that I'm here. So what happens to you do a uh, podcast in your uh, hotel room? Uh, Ronnie Staley running back. I think he was a running back. Let's see if I had Scott here with me. I oh, know. A DB, not RB. This is good stuff. I could cut this out, but then why bother? Ro- Ronnie Stanley. No. All right. Never mind. Ronnie Stanley, who is a all-world Pro Bowl left tackle for the Ravens, signed a brand-new $97 million contract on Friday. He smashed up his ankle out for the year in this game on Sunday. Absolute, it, it, just a reminder of this game and this league is brutal, so I don't begrudge any player from getting his money whenever he can. I bellyache about it when my team, the woofed, gives a guy like um, uh, the, the safety Landon Collins from the Giants way too much money, because he's not that good. I'll bellyache about it, but I don't begrudge the player from getting the money when they can. It's hard to get a lot of money from NFL owners, and it is a absolute 100% injury league. Hope that uh, Ronnie Staley comes back. Stanley comes back stronger than ever. Your throwback headline of the day in the NFL, DK Metcalf, three-cone drill, worse than Brady at Combine. <laughs> That's right. That's what led dopes like me to go, I think he's going to be DK Stiffcalf. Nobody can be that jacked up and muscular and still be fluid, change direction. Maybe they should retire the three-cone drill as a meaningful metric to measure wide receivers since apparently DK Metcalf sucked at it, and he's pretty good at playing uh, wide receiver in the NFL and pretty fucking fast. Your stat of the day, Adam Gase has now uh, lost by... 20 or more points, which he did to the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns. I mean, ridiculous. Video game numbers. Adam Gase has eight losses by 20 or more points. That is more losses by blowout than total wins as Jets head coach, which is seven. At this point, keeping him on as head coach is just cruelty to both him and the team itself and the fan base, but he's not fired yet. The NFL announced on Sunday morning, by way of Adam Schefter, no game day positives. It's all go for football on a Sunday. Sorry for being cynical, but do you find that to be peculiar? Like, we haven't had a game day kaplow in the NFL where it's like, oh shit, there's positive, positive, positive. This game's in question. That game's in question. Forget about it. It's almost like they're going to deal with it Monday. If there is a positive today, they're going to go, okay, well, it's game day. We're not going to stop any COVID transmissions at this point. So we'll announce this guy on Monday. We'll just say, oh, no, the lab hasn't gotten your test back. Sorry about that. Cynical? Maybe. Realistic? Some would say a ring, a ding, ding. College football. Clemson escapes Boston College's largest comeback In Death Valley history, 18 points down at halftime. They are a five-point favorite coming up this weekend at Notre Dame in the college football game of the year so far that has massive implications for the college football playoff, including the possibility that both Notre Dame and Clemson can still be in the college football playoff, no matter who wins on Saturday next week. Of course, Trevor Lawrence's availability is still in question, but the odds makers have installed preliminarily uh, the Clemson Tigers is a five point favorite, probably because they don't want to get caught if Lawrence ends up being fine in plays, which I think he's on track to do if all the testing comes back, po- uh, not positive, but if the testing comes back negative. If not, heralded hyped freshman DJ Yuga Lee. U you, you go, gale, gale. ukulele DJ u i a g a l e l e i uh u i an ga le u i an ga u i gagag u i an you're supposed to hit the an u i an ga le u i an Uyunglele, 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 DJ Uyunglele, fuck. <laughs> Anyhow, kid got his first start for Trevor Lawrence, and I had to Google, who is DJ Uyunglele? And he's got a hell of a backstory. By the way, he is from California, and his father, he played at uh, John Bosco Prep which is, I believe, the school that's produced any number of pros and probably some good quarterbacks, and Nomar Garcia-Para, I think, played for them in Southern California. He is uh, 6'4", 250 pounds, and athletic as fuck. And it comes from his dad, David. Bleach Report once listed Uwe, uh, DJ Uyangale's father, at, listed him at 400 pounds, and 394 pounds in a 2018 story. The man was known as Big Dave and called the halftime show in high school because of his intermission dunking exhibitions at three hundred plus pounds during his son's high school basketball games. Now a resource officer at high school at his high school alma mater, David Uyangalale previously spent ten years as a bodyguard for entertainers like Chris Brown, T Pain. And DJ Collin. His son is the guy who played and engineered the comeback for Clemson and may end up being as good as, if not better, than Trevor Lawrence. Scouts are saying he has a generational talent at a generational arm talent, says Barton Simmons, director of scouting for twenty four seven sports. One of the strongest arms we've ever scouted. And get this he's got a younger brother who also might be pretty good. How about Thria Tungavailoa? Incredible game. Maryland stuns Minnesota. Thanks in part to a mixed, missed extra point in overtime to lose the game for Minnesota. Oh, what a dagger that is. MLB free agency. Nobody cares about it, but it does start on Monday. You think uh, two winters ago was a cold, cold winter? This one's going to be cold. There will be some teams that splurge and spend, but my God, with the pandemic and the financial losses, good luck to all the free agents out there. Trevor Bauer, George Springer amongst the headline names. We'll end on this, my stomach and my voice. Got a very nice email from somebody who said, I might have reflux laryngitis. What is that? Oh, sounds like a lot of fun. Reflux laryngitis is an irritation in the back of the throat Due to acid or other chemicals that come from your stomach Usually happens at night when you're asleep Other terms for this problem include Gastroesophageal reflux disease Or GERD Or laryngopharyngeal reflux LPR Acid reflux And chronic laryngitis Typical symptoms include hoarseness Ding Sensation of a lump or excess mucus in your throat, ding. Post nasal drip, ding. Excessive need to clear your throat, ding. And a non productive cough, ding. Heartburn is not a necessary symptom to be diagnosed with acid reflux. I don't have heartburn. Anyway, Go says, says first line of defense is what I got right here Prilosec OTC. Omeprazole. Delayed release tablets, 20 milligrams, acid reducer, treats frequent heartburn. Now, again, I'm going to see a specialist in next week. I appreciate everybody saying, bro, take care of that moneymaker. Take care of that moneymaker. I hear you. I'm doing all I can, but it's hard sometimes because, look, tips. This is right on the box. Tips for managing heartburn. Ready? Do not lie flat or bend over after eating. Okay, I think I can do that. Do not wear tight-fitting clothing around the stomach. Okay, perfect. I can do that. All I wear is sweats and hoodies now. Do not eat before bedtime. Well, define before bedtime. Raise the head of your bed. Oh, boy. Avoid heartburn-causing foods such as rich, spicy, fatty, or fried foods. Well, let's see. I did have twelve buffalo wings at Jackson's Blue Ribbon Pub, which I believe are a spicy. The dry, the dry rub was for sure. So was the uh, the uh, the the Thai zing or whatever they call it. Fatty, yeah. Fried, possibly. Might have been grilled. I'm not sure. Uh, also avoid chocolate. Caffeine, oh. Alcohol, I actually did not drink today, thank God. And certain fruits and vegetables. Well, that part I got covered. Eat slowly and avoid big meals. If overweight, looks in the mirror, lose weight. Oh, thanks a lot, box of Prilosec. I'm working on it. Also says quit smoking. Well, there's one thing I don't do right there. All right. I feel better. I feel stronger. I'm glad to be here in Milwaukee. Sorry about the echoey hotel room. Going to have a good week uh, with our boys on 97.3 The Game every morning. I'll still be on 980 in the afternoon as the wooft comes off a bye week. We'll talk about the fact that Ryan Kerrigan wants out, and the team is apparently not going to grant him his wish, which is kind of dirty pool because Kerrigan has been everything this franchise has wanted over the years. I'll be on in the afternoon from the same echoey hotel room. I'll try to dampen it up somehow. But otherwise, hey, you won't know I'm here. All you'll know is I'm on your fucking radio in D.C., talking D.C. sports come 3 o'clock in the afternoon. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you had a good weekend. Let's get through this week in one piece and move on with our lives. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend if you like this podcast, and we will see you next time. Hey, Zabe here from my bookie, the official sports book of the Zabe Cast. Real payouts, real customer service, absolutely rock solid place to get your sweet action on when it comes to sports. What a glorious time we're in right now! NFL is going, college football is going, about to add in the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Baseball playoffs are here every single night. There is no shortage of games to watch or bet on, and you need to get on with my bookie. Whatever it is you like to bet. Lay low and then, wham, hit them with a big right hook of a bet. Or maybe just dabble or have a little bit here, a little bit there. Do it from your phone. It's so convenient. Play some parlays, underdog parlays. Make meaningless games meaningful for you by putting a little something something on it. And go to mybookie.com to do it. When you sign up, use the promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start in your winning season. Read the rules and regulations so you understand how the bonus payout works, and you're on your way. Promo code ZABE to claim that bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, the Masters coming up, presidential prop bets. Oh, it is sweet action all over the place. MyBookie.com, the official and reputable and rock solid sports book of this, the ZABEcast.